One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Amen. So we all, all of us here, walk through this life with many different identities. I am a mother, I'm a wife, I'm a priest, I'm a daughter, I dabble in writing stand-up comedy, but that's for a whole nother sermon. I'm an activist and I'm an Episcopalian, but we all walk through this life knowing ourselves and being known in so many different ways. And just this last Wednesday, we were reminded of an identity that we all share, that we are dust, and to dust we shall return. But in between, in between, we are on a journey of becoming what God has called us to be. And during this season of Lent, we as a church intentionally reflect on this personal and communal journey. This is a time when we take stock of our relationship to God and to this world and for our need of repentance, our need to turn more deeply toward who God has called us to become. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. In our invitation to a Holy Lent, we were invited to a time of fasting, prayer, and self-denial, and to meditate, to feast, rather, on the Holy Word of God. On this first Sunday in Lent, we are offered a word, a story about Jesus in a crucial moment of his coming to know himself more deeply. Now, it would be easy for us to hear this story simply as a struggle between Jesus and the devil. This story of the temptation of Jesus is a story of Jesus' struggle, but not with the devil, but rather of Jesus' struggle with himself. It's a crucial moment in his journey of understanding who he is, a turning point where he moves more deeply toward what God is calling him to become. And this is why the story of temptation of Jesus begins the Lenten season for us, because our invitation during this season of Lent is to understand who we are and to move toward who God is calling us to be. Lent is our journey toward resurrection of true self, through a process of prayer, fasting, self-denial, and meditating on the Word of God. In the story offered to us today, and through this Lenten invitation, we can discover what grounded Jesus in his journey and what will ground us as well in ours. Right before Jesus is driven by the Holy Spirit out into the wilderness where he is tempted by the devil, Jesus is baptized by John. When Jesus goes into the wilderness, he too is fasting and praying and meditating on the word of God. In the Gospels, there are two stories in which God speaks audibly to Jesus. 
One of those moments occurs right before Jesus goes into the wilderness, after he is baptized by John. The other is after the transfiguration story that we heard last week. And in both occasions, when God speaks, the same words come from the mouth of God. God says to Jesus, you are my beloved. And so I imagine that during Jesus' time of fasting, praying and meditating, after just having heard these words from God after his baptism, these are the words that are feeding him. You are my beloved. When Jesus first meets the devil in the wilderness, he has been fasting for days. He's famished and tired and weak. Being hungry, tired, and weak is a tough place to be in when faced with temptation. And so seeing Jesus' weakness, the devil tempts him with bread. He tempts Jesus to use his power to satisfy his own need in his moment of hunger. And Jesus has been alone for days. No one has been caring for him, and he has been isolated The devil, seeing Jesus in his weakness from isolation, tempts him by saying, throw yourself off this cliff and angels will care for you. And then finally, the devil offers him total relevancy and security. He offers him all of the kingdoms. Jesus can be the ultimate ruler and have power over all of the lands and the people if he will turn away from God and toward the devil and worship him. Now, I don't know about you, but if I were tired and hungry and could make bread out of stones, I probably would. If I were hurting and lonely and someone promised angels to care for me, I would probably take them up on that offer. Now, I don't know about all the kingdoms of the world. I might skip that one because, frankly, it sounds like a lot of work. (laughs) But the temptation of so much power to ease our own suffering, to reduce our own isolation, to ensure our relevancy and security, these are actually temptations we face daily, too. Now, ultimately, my human tendency, when faced with crucial moments of decision-making, is to lean into the decisions that will ensure my own survival or the survival of those closest to me. The temptation is to go with whatever decision will increase my sense of power in this world and ground me in the identities where I feel the most secure. Is my central identity work or family or activist or friend? Does my power lie in my pension plan or my regular monthly salary? Is my power and security found in my inheritance or my sense of youth or my relevancy or my proximity to those with power? It can be uncomfortable to deeply consider this question of where our personal sense of power lies and in what identities we derive the most security. But 
If I am unaware of where my sense of power comes from, then I will likewise be unaware of what grounds me in my decision-making, in my crucial moments of discernment. Just this last week in Koinonia, we read an article on how privilege is passed down through generations and how some remain so privileged while others lack basic necessities. It was a deep and rich discussion. Miranda and Rebecca and Tahani did an excellent job of asking some tough questions. They asked us, What privileges were you granted from your parents as children? What privileges did you or do you plan to give your children or grandchildren? And here's the really tough one. Given the same options to privilege our own children or those closest to us while others remain in deep need, what do we think Jesus might choose to do? What decisions can we imagine Jesus making when deciding on how to use his power? And how does that make us feel? To which I responded, there is a good reason that Jesus did not have children. Because he may have been able to resist the devil, but try saying no to your own child or worse, your grandchild. That is a miracle. And yet, what these leaders were asking us to consider is, as Christians, who are we? And given that, how do we choose to use our power in this world? Tough questions indeed, and yet they get to the very heart of the questions that the devil poses to Jesus. The devil was tempting Jesus to hoard his power to save himself, to feed himself, to have angels rescue him, to hoard his power so that he alone could rule all the kingdoms, so that he could be relevant and secure. The temptation for Jesus was to hoard his power for his own security and well-being, but Jesus had been meditating on the word from the mouth of God. And so when faced by the devil's temptation, he knew who he was. His central identity was clear, and so he knew his work in the world. You are my beloved. These words from the mouth of God were for Jesus his central identity so deeply that all of his crucial decision-making moments are grounded in that one central truth about himself. And for Jesus... Resisting these temptations was a crucial moment before he could begin his work in the world because the world was going to tempt Jesus over and over again with the same temptation to save himself. And likewise, the world will do the same to us. We as humans will be tempted by titles and salaries and accolades, especially for very generous acts, tempted by proximity to powerful people, by nicer homes or fancier cars. These are the things the world wants us to think define us, that make us worthy or will save us. And sometimes it might feel like they do, like those things do save us, 
Because money and power, privilege and honor can save us and our children from difficult situations. But none of those things will ground us as Christians. None of those things will ever lead us more deeply into who who God is calling us to be. During this season of Lent, we have an invitation to repentance, an invitation to consider who we are and how we use our power in this world. Because yes, in the end, we are dust, and to dust we shall return. In the end, all of it is dust. The inheritance, the titles, the pension, the salary, the affiliations, all of it is dust. But in between, we have a journey of becoming, a journey made up of crucial moments of decision-making, of moments of repentance. And that journey is, for us, like it was for Jesus, grounded in one central identity, that we, too, are God's beloved. After Jesus resists the temptation of Satan, he leaves the wilderness and he begins his ministry in the world. Jesus tends the sick. He brings good news to the poor. He befriends the stranger. This is how Jesus chooses to use his power in the world, not to save himself, but to serve all of humanity. Jesus is freed to serve in his understanding of himself. He is unburdened by the temptation of self-serving power. He is liberated to love generously without fear all the way to the cross because he knows who he is, because he knows he is God's beloved. What would we be freed to do Freed to become? Who would we be freed to serve if we grounded ourselves in the deep love God has for us and knew ourselves centrally to be God's beloved? How would we be freed if all our identities were grounded in that divine and eternal love of God? Friends, we say that we come here to this place seeking both the comfort and the challenge of God. So here it is. Here is the comfort we seek. It is not in what the world has to offer us. Our comfort is found in our central identity that we are truly God's beloved. So whatever you fast from this Lent, let your fasting be grounded in the feast of God's holy word. And grounding ourselves in the love of God is not a free pass from the deep work of self-evaluation. Grounding all of our identities in beings God's beloved is the only place from which true self-reflection can emerge. And knowing ourselves to be God's beloved is the only true identity that can ground us enough to resist the temptation to hoard our power It is the only identity from which we will be freed to serve, freed to build the kingdom of God, freed to become who God has called us to be. Amen.